0: Well, today's scripture reading comes from the gospel according to Mark, chapter 13, verses 28 to 37. So uh, we encourage you to find that um, in uh, your pew Bibles, or if you brought a Bible or Bible app, it will also be projected behind me. I'll be reading it in the ESV. Again, that's Mark chapter 13, verses 28 to 37. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Friends, we are continuing in our sermon series, The Story of Jesus, working through the gospel according to Mark. And uh, today's message is, is stay awake. Sorry, that was a message from, that was the title from last week. Um, I wasn't awake enough, I guess, to change the title, sorry. (laughs) Um, Friends, uh, do do any of you have trouble waking up in the morning? Are any of you addicted to that snooze bar? You just keep hitting it. Or for a lot of us now who use our phones, there's a snooze button. And you just keep pressing that thing. And it it will let you sleep for nine minutes more. Have you ever noticed that every time you hit that snooze bar... It just gets harder and harder to wake up. You know, it's kind of a weird thing. You would think that when you hit that snooze bar, that snooze button, that that little extra sleep would sort of like, you know, give you more rest. Uh, but what we find and what research, researchers have found is that that actually makes you more tired. And so what's happening is that when you go back to sleep, you're trying to start a new sleep cycle. And so the thing is that every time your snooze uh, uh, button, your snooze thing goes off, you're interrupting a new sleep cycle that you're trying to go into, right? And so nine minutes is not enough, right? A a, a normal sleep cycle is about hour and a half. I don't know if for those of you who like, you know, just the dread of possibly losing your job or failing a class wakes you up. But maybe like a Saturday morning or there's a, a morning where you have nothing to get to. Um, have any of you actually ever, ever kept hitting that snooze bar for a full hour and a half? Maybe even longer? Maybe you don't want to raise your hands. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. But friends, I've been there. You know, what they found is that the more you're, you're interrupting that sleep cycle, too, that it takes several hours for your body to recover from that, to fully wake up from you just preempting your sleep cycle, uh, just interrupting it uh, every time or multiple times a morning, you know? And so waking up, I think, is something that can be very hard, but something very necessary. I, I, I sometimes wish, uh, I, I think in my better moments, uh, I realize that this can't be reality, but do you ever wish that you could be like Rip Van Winkle? You guess you ever read that, that old uh, fable, that old story, it's about this guy who like sleeps for, I don't know how many years it it is, but he sleeps for a really, really long time. And he goes from being a a young man to an old man overnight. And it's supposed to be this wonderful thing because he just skips all of the hard parts of life. And maybe some of you feel like that, like, man, if I could just sleep all the time, I I would do it. Like that that just sounds great, you know, but you can't do it. You, You gotta be awake for your life, right? You gotta wake up at some point. The scripture we read today is about that. It says, stay awake, stay awake. You got to wake up. And that is actually a a pretty frequent call in in scripture. We're going to read some other passages that talk about being awake um, and why that's so important. So friends, there is something about that. Uh, I'm going to use slang and forgive me. Whenever I use slang, I just sound so uncool. (laughs) I just sound so old. Uh, But people talk about now being woke. (laughs) <laughs> Wake up, people! You're missing something. You're unconscious. You're, you're not realizing reality. You just want to be asleep. you know. And maybe there is something for us as Christ believers, as a church, we've been asleep. We've been asleep at the wheel. Just one thing, just to think about, friends, is sort of people's perception of the church now. Nowadays, People say that we're in this post-Christian age. I don't really like that term, because I'm like, well, I'm a Christian, right? You know, I go to church with other Christians. I know there's other Christians out there. So what does that mean, post-Christian age? I think what people mean by that is that no longer is Christianity one of these really defining things in society for a lot of people. It still has impact, but not the impact it used to have. For a lot of people, You know, they'll say church is part of the problem. Is there something, friends, that we have to wake up to? When people look around and they see people in churches acting just like everyone else, maybe that's part of the disillusionment. Oh, you guys talk about transformation and the love of Jesus and being like Jesus. Well, you're not. You're not, you're just the same. It's actually worse because... You act like you're different. You talk like you're different, and you're very arrogant about it, but really, you're the same as us, if not worse, because you're just really judgmental. Is there a way that the church, that we as individuals need to wake up? Maybe Jesus' call for us to stay awake is for us today. So let's take a look at the passage. Um, I want to connect a little bit to what we talked about last week, so there's gonna be some reminders about what we learned last week uh, for those of you who are here or just as a refresher. Uh, but verse 28 says, From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. What are these things that he's talking about? Now, uh, I I mentioned last week that there is a bit of mystery behind this passage. It could be talking about multiple things. Um, It could be talking about things that have already come to pass, or maybe things that haven't come to pass. The most common way that we read this nowadays as modern Christians is we think of this as the second coming of Jesus, this apocalyptic event, But there's some very strong clues that maybe that's not exactly what it's talking about here. What is the whole, verse 30, Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Right? So very clearly Jesus says, yo, this generation, right, this generation we're in is not going to pass until the things that I'm talking about, that I'm predicting, come to pass. So that's very confusing for people, especially if you think this is talking about the second coming of Jesus, right? You're like, well, did Jesus lie or was he wrong? But remember, what we talked about was the destruction of Jerusalem, right? The fall of Jerusalem that happened in uh, CE 70. And so that a lot of these things have to do with that. Now, there is a very strong current of Jesus coming again, right? And last week we said, hey, I I, I admit it, I don't really know exactly what it means. But when it says that that has already happened, to me, it makes me think that it's not talking about uh, the literal time that Jesus is going to come and sort of the end of all things here on earth and the start of the new heaven and the new earth that talks about revelation. But it makes me think that perhaps it's a spiritual coming of Jesus. Right? And so, uh, friends, I, I'm really willing, freely willing to admit that it could be that. There are other passages that talk about Jesus coming again. So don't think for a second that this means that, you know, Jesus won't actually come again, right? But maybe there is a coming of Jesus that is not just the literal coming of Jesus, but a way that Jesus came even back then with this very uh, uh, destructive, horrible desolation, this horrible event, the destruction of Jerusalem, and, and this idea that, hey, yo, stay stay aware, because when you see these things happening, and again, what are these things? The destruction of Jerusalem. All kinds of horrible things, people dying. The armies circling Jerusalem. That's exactly what happened back then, right? When you see those things happening, just know that something is near. You know that he is near at the very gates. That that perhaps the Messiah is there, right? Now, friends, there's a question that I have. Why does it matter if you were aware? If these things are going to happen anyways, why is it important for people to be aware, to be awake? And that's something that Jesus wants to address. And so I think that there's a subtlety to Jesus' coming that is very important for us to, uh, uh, to, to notice. And by the way, uh, j- just to, to refresh your memory, we showed this picture last week, but this is what the fall of Jerusalem, uh, the, an artist's depiction of what it might've looked like. Look how chaotic it was. Look how crazy it was. And I think that one of the things that the subtleties here is to say, Even with an event like this, Jesus is near. And for a lot of us, we look at the negative events of life and we're like, oh man, this is just horrible. We run from it. We don't want to face that. We we, we want to avoid those kinds of things. But maybe there is a a, a message here that says, in the the, the tragedies of life, in the suffering, in the difficulties that we go through, Jesus is near, Jesus is near. Maybe that's why we need to stay awake. That's why we need to be aware and and, and keep watch. Because if you don't, you'll miss it. Because you're so caught up with how horrible it is and, and, and trying to solve that problem or trying to make it all go away or just make yourself feel better, numbing yourself from the pain you're going through. But Jesus is saying, hey, pay attention. This is the moment when you get to meet me. So uh, it goes on to say in verse 33 uh, and on. Um, So again, I'm gonna talk about this more in terms of a spiritual sense, a way that you now in 2018, right now can encounter Jesus. And so it says, be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you all, I, what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Friends, uh, one of the ways that I used to read this passage was this idea that, oh, you know, Jesus coming, right? Like thinking of Jesus as the second coming, uh, that you don't want to miss that. You don't want to be asleep for that. So it says stay awake. If you take that literally, that's very disturbing because all of us have to sleep at some point, right? Right? You know, like, like they tell us that seven, eight hours, uh, even more if you can swing it, but seven, eight hours is kind of the minimum that you're supposed to get, right? Like by my count, that's a third of your day, right? So 33% of your day, you're gonna be literally unconscious because you're gonna be asleep, right? Well, what does that mean? If Jesus comes while you're sleeping, like, oh, I'm sorry. Man, you should have just taken some caffeine pills, drink more coffee. Is that what he's talking about? That somehow you have to be afraid of sleeping, like, oh my gosh, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss Jesus coming again. I don't think that's what it's talking about, right? I mean, because obviously you have to sleep. So maybe there is a deeper meaning to this. The idea that we can miss Jesus coming because we are asleep in ways even when you are awake. I don't think this is just talking about sleeping in terms of physical sleep. But many of us are sleepwalking through life. Now, what do I mean by that, friends? Well, um, in Revelation three one three, it talks about a very similar thing. It says to the angel of the church in Sardis, right? I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Again, that's very similar to what we read in in, uh, Mark 13, isn't it? This idea that you might be sleeping and miss Jesus coming in a way. Right? And this idea that we are like dead people. And he specifically talks about in Revelation 3, uh, this is Jesus speaking to the churches. He specifically talks about our works. That maybe we as a church, we aren't doing what we're supposed to be doing. Whole churches are asleep. We're asleep at the wheel. What does that sleep look like? I think it might look like this. So <laughs> this is a scene, uh, this looks like some kind of food court and it looks like almost every person, like, like about 80% of the people in this picture are all on their phones, right? And they're just looking at their phones, right? And friends, uh, I, I gotta say, you know, it, it, I, I don't want you to, to think that this is a message and say, oh, it's bad to be on your phones. I'm on my phone a lot, right? But I wonder what these marvelous technological uh, advances are doing to us. This idea that you can have all of the information of all of the world at your fingertips. You can know what is going on in an extended social network that goes all the way around the globe. You can know exactly what's going on in their lives. You can live stream events. You can watch uh, uh, Harry and Meghan get married, you know, live at 5 a.m. on your phone, in America, in your bed, or sitting in traffic. You shouldn't do it in traffic, right? But all of these things, friends, what I've realized for me is that these wonderful devices that are so... Uh, amazing. And some of you, because I I just noticed when I was coming in, some of you were playing video games on your phones during the service while we were praying. (laughs) It's so just, I mean, it is so tempting to do. It is right there, right? But what are you missing by doing that? What are you missing? I I, I drive around campus sometimes, and one of my real fears is I'm going to hit somebody. You know, because sometimes I'm kind of unconscious and other people, oh, you better believe they're unconscious. They're not paying attention. You know, I see so many people crossing the street with heavy uh, motorized vehicles that can crush you, right? Zipping across uh, these streets at 50 miles an hour and people are on their phones not paying attention. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you could die. And you won't even know it. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh, did that person text me? Oh, what's going on? Friends, and a lot of times, I think being an unconscious, it can take a couple forms. One of the forms is um, when we are uh, facing anything negative, anything that is troubling in life, anything that we don't want to face, and we go into sort of unconscious mode. A, a, a very uh, uh, obvious way that we, a lot of us do this is we take naps, right? You ever be like, like you're supposed to study for a test. You're not studying for that test, but you're supposed to be studying. And you're thinking about like, oh my gosh, how much I have to study. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so far behind. And I feel so bad. That I procrastinate so long. Some of you guys are chuckling. It's hitting too close to home. And you're like, I could study or, oh, I'm just going to take a nap. I'm just going to take a nap. It's easier that way. I'm just going to go unconscious, right? This is too uncomfortable. So let's just go unconscious. I think that's what happens with a lot of us with our phones. You ever go to a social event and there's people talking and everyone's kind of paired up or they're in their little circles and they're talking to each other. And you don't have anyone to talk to. And you're sitting there and you're like, oh. So what do we do? You know what? It's just just what we do, right? Any moment you're bored, I I, I feel like there are whole generations of people who don't know how to be bored, right? And and, and I do this too uh, with my kids. The moment my kids get bored, what do they say? Mom, Dad, can I have your phone? Right? And and then you know we're like, no, hey, let's talk, let's engage, whatever. And they're like, oh, it's so boring. and dad. it's so boring. And then they're like, uh, Dad, can I have your phone? 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 Dad, have-? And just to make them be quiet, give them a phone, right? You just want to pacify them, right? Just give it to them and you give in. And then they're just, they're just lost. They're just there, right? Friends, there's so many ways we do this. Obviously, this passage was talking about being awake, even, you know, 2,000 years before phones got invented, right? Or these kinds of phones got invented. So there are many different ways that we go unconscious. I think it's part of the reason why people uh, drink and do drugs, right? I know that's why I do. You know, I was a problem drinker, especially when I was in seminary. And one of the things for me was I couldn't shut off this thing, my brain, and all the thoughts. And all the thoughts that were so uncomfortable, all my anxiety, all my fears, all my stress, all of those things. All of the shame that I felt because I felt like I wasn't measuring up as a Christian. And so that's why I would drink. And for however many blissful hours, I would just be unconscious. I wouldn't feel a dang thing. And I loved it. And for, for us in the church, friends, I feel like what a lot of people hear is like, don't do it. Don't drink. Do don't do this. And I'm not saying that, friends. I'm saying let's go deeper into the reasons why we do it. Let's go deeper into the, the larger problem, which is being unconscious. Now, friends, is it wrong to be unconscious? I don't know if it's wrong or right, but I think we're missing something. And I think that Jesus is very clear about this. If we are to stay sleeping, we will miss him. We will miss Jesus. Right? And so, friends, uh, I, I just want to share with you, I guess, some of the ways that I've been trying to stay more aware and awake, and, and to just try to pay attention, because I think that's what this is about, you know, to, to try to pay attention. Have, have you ever just, you know, you've just been going through life, and, um, you know, you didn't notice something there, you know, I don't know, maybe like on your house, you didn't notice something on your house, you're like, oh, hey, the shutters are red, you know the shutters were red? I never noticed that. We, we just pass by. We don't notice these things. Have you ever like, been at the same event with someone and you're like, talking to them about it? They're like, dude, I was there. You're like, you were? I didn't notice. I didn't notice. Right? We miss whole people. You know? And friends, there's another way we go unconscious. And these two things can actually be linked. And the other way we go unconscious is with that worry. And with that stress, and with these repetitive thoughts that keep going and going and going and going, you ever see someone or you ever be this person where we say you get lost in your thoughts, right? I don't know. Maybe you're, like, in the grocery store, and you're thinking about this thing, and it's worrying you. And and you're just playing it over in your mind again and again and again. And you start spiraling. And And you're not even paying attention, but you, like, run into somebody. You're like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry that ever happen to you? Sounds like being unconscious, doesn't it? You know, being lost in your thoughts. And in all of these ways, friends, I feel like we miss beautiful things all around us. Right? Uh, so I've been trying to make this a spiritual practice to notice things, to be in the presence, and, and to not go unconscious so often. So, seriously, it's just a a knee-jerk reaction. Anytime I feel uncomfortable, anytime I'm bored, anytime I feel awkward, um, I I take out my phone. I literally just take out my phone. It's just, it's just a habit. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a weak person. It just makes you human, right? You're used to doing it. And so you will do it in a knee-jerk way. And friends, Maybe because of this sermon, or maybe later on in this week, you'll notice yourself doing it the next time you get bored. I want to encourage you to do something. Put it away. Put it away. The next time you just take out your phone because you're bored, put it away. Turn it off, okay? Close Fortnite or whatever game you're playing, right? And I might be talking to some people in this (laughs) room. Put it away. Turn it off and just notice. Just notice the things around you. I know it's not as exciting. But just start noticing the trees and the leaves, and the sky, or the people around you. Just take it all on in. One of my spiritual practices is to go on walks, prayerful walks. And a lot of these, a lot of the time, I'm not really saying anything, but I'm just trying to be present with God, just trying to be present in the moment. And so I'll just look around and look at the leaves and the trees. And a couple of weeks ago, I was on one of these walks, and I was just looking at the path. And when I was looking at the path, I I noticed this thing that I'm sure I would have missed uh, if I wasn't paying attention. it was this. Do you you see it on the left? It was this tiny little baby turtle. And so if you want to see the scale, um, on the right-hand side is the baby turtle next to a leaf. So imagine the leaf is about this big. Baby turtle is about this big. It was tiny. It was so cute. But I was looking at the thing, and it was not moving. I'm pretty sure what happened was, th- there's a lot of joggers on the path, uh, on this path at Gallup Park. I'm pretty sure someone stepped on them, right? Someone just wasn't paying attention. You know, stepped on this little tiny thing that was trying to cross the road. And so I, I-, I picked up a leaf and put the turtle on a leaf and just put it on the side of the road. I, I, I was like really tempted to take it home as a pet, nurse it back to health, bring it to you guys. Look at the turtle. But, but I, I read you're not supposed to do that. Just, just, just let it be. Turtles are very resilient. And so I just put it on the banks of the river, right, and just left it there. And it was so beautiful. It was a nice moment. You know, actually, a, a jogger uh, noticed me like looking at this thing. I was like, you know, my first time, like, hey, what you, are what you, what you looking at? I was like, It's a little baby turtle. And they're like, I think it's dead. So so actually, like me and this jogger, like like one of us had a stick, like very gently putting it on the leaf. And it was this beautiful moment, you know? (laughs) Friends. Now, this this whole message isn't like, just pay attention so you can eat baby turtles. (laughs) But the message is this. What else are you missing out on? What other cool things could you be missing out on? You know? And maybe they're not always the cruelest things, but maybe God is in those things. Now friends, if any of you have ever tried this, I guarantee the moment you start doing it, probably this thought will emerge. This is stupid. (laughs) This is boring. Or there's nothing beautiful around me. You know, it's a cloudy day, Steve. You know, Michigan is that beautiful. Or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, we may think that, hey, you know, whatever I'm looking at, I thought this was going to be profound. I'm waiting for the baby turtle, right? I'm waiting for something cool. And that's kind of not the point. Because 99% of the time, I don't see the baby turtles. 99% of the time, I just see what, what a lot of us maybe just pass by all the time, just trees. Just normal things, cars, people, you know? And this is one of the things in here. And, and I, don't want to, uh, uh, I don't want to brush over this. Um, let's go back to the Revelation 3 passage, but it's very similar in Mark. It says that um, if you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. You will not know at what hour. Right? And that's the common thing in both those stories. Right? The manager who comes back and that the servants, they, they don't know what time he's going to come back. Right? And this is the thing. I believe God is always there. Right? But you may not experience God in these profound ways all the time. It doesn't always happen that way. But I do know this. If you are not paying attention, then you won't listen. Does that make sense? I do believe that God is all around you. And learning to stay awake is a spiritual practice that will serve you well enough That will help to to train you, not to always uh, uh, look for things that are fun and exciting and will stimulate you. But learning to be awake and aware is, is a way for us to experience God in the now. One of the sins of this age is not that we are um, these horrible people who just want to do evil to everyone. I think it is that we are unconscious. We seek pleasure and entertainment and these things to just waste our time. And a lot of these things, friends, are not really... I mean, for, for one, they are fun. I'm not really sure how fun they are. You know, with the things that numb you or you're just like on your phone for a while, you've been playing a game for a while, right? Do you ever look back on that experience and and just really ask yourself like, how much fun was I really having? Right? For me, it's just something that's kind of changed the way I look at entertainment. You know, it's supposed to be fun, right? But this is the way usually fun is experienced. You play a game once in a while. You play a game once a day, or something like that, a couple times a day. And you're like, oh man, this is novel and fresh. I'm having fun. Okay, let's put that away. Okay? You play a game 99% of the day. This is what happens. The game just gets worse. It gets more. It just becomes another thing you do. Now, it's enjoyable enough that you keep wanting to do it and going back that, because it's what you're used to. Just a knee-jerk reaction. And it's safe. That's one of the reasons why our brains wants to go unconscious, because it's safe. That thought, that stress, it's threatening to you. So it's like, oh, you yeah, let's let's just go unconscious, all right? Like that thought is just, oh, yeah, that, that thing I have to face, you don't want to go there. Right, but let's let's just become unaware of it, you know. And so I I feel like for a lot of the times I'll look back at those experiences where I spent so much time doing what was surfing the internet for two hours. It really wasn't that important, but time just went. But could there be a place where God can give you maybe not this great excitement, and joy, and happiness that we want all the time? I think He can give you joy. But I think it looks different than the happy, the, the like, ah, like all the time. It's not always that, but peace. But being able to be still, and even when nothing is going on around you, you can be at peace because you know God is there. That's something that you need to be awake to be able to experience and to be able to learn how to do that. But this is one of the things that I also think, is that in these condemnations against the church, like I said, it is against its works. What are we doing as a church right If we are playing the same game as everyone else, we are unconscious for a lot of the time, just entertaining ourselves, just living for these things that the world tells us will be worthwhile, and we're just caught up in these little dramas of life. But at the end, what Jesus tells us is going to be right. Let's take a look at Matthew 25, 34 30. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. The reason why uh, people talk about being woke is that there's these realities in life that are very unpleasant. There are people suffering. There is injustice. There's a mess of things in this world. And a lot of us would rather not look at that, especially if you don't have to. A lot of people who get caught up with social issues, it's their issues, right? Like Asian people get really caught up with Asian people issues. Right? White people get really caught up with white people issues. Black people, same thing, right? People get really caught up with their nation, with their country with their city, especially if it affects you, right? And that is one of the things, friends, that is not necessarily a bad thing. If you let those things wake you up, remember what Jesus said, that when the armies are circling the city, pay attention, be awake, be aware. That is one of the gifts of pain and suffering. When something affects you, don't go unconscious, but when up. come. Let that be the moment when you see God there. You see reality as it is, right? But in general, friends, this idea that we run from things that are uncomfortable, things that cause discomfort and pain, we go unconscious to those things is part of the reason that we are not being the body of Christ. You ever like see somebody? In pain, you know, you know, they're asking for money. And maybe they look shabby. Or their sign has some story. You don't even want to look in their direction. Friends, I'm as guilty of this as anyone else. And so often what we do is, I don't know about you, but like, like when, when I like pull up to one of those people who's like at an exit, um, I'll like fumble around my car. I'll act like I didn't see them, right? Like look at my phone. Right there, it is again the phone. Okay. I'll be like, Oh, I dropped some change. Not change for you, by the way, but I just dropped change. Right? Like, just, you know, I, I just will like pretend like I don't see that. One of the things that I've heard homeless people say that is so painful to humanize is so how seldom people actually look them in the eye. We don't, because if you were to, you would see your own poverty. You would see the poverty of your generosity. You would see a brother or sister who has much less than And it's not really because you're this really hardworking person and they are looking at but kind of the point of life in many moments. A lot of us, we were born into the families we were born into. I didn't earn that, I didn't work really hard as a fetus and then suddenly, you know, get promoted into a prosperous life. It was just having It It was the circumstance that I was born into. Right? And there's some other people who have those different circumstances. I remember we were once on missions. We were on missions to New Orleans. And uh, we were hanging out with the community. And we had this big picnic for them. And we brought hot dogs. Punch and things like that, and there were just people all over. And um, there's this one man who came, and uh, he wasn't wearing a shirt. Um, he, he was very shadowy dressed, uh, older, just a lot of white and silver, older black men. And uh, just like the way he walked, like he wasn't walking like completely like like upright. He was like, kind of stumbling around. And um, he was talking very loudly to himself, just like gibberish. Couldn't really understand what he was saying. And I, I, I saw this guy coming, and my initial knee-jerk reaction was like, okay, find someone to talk to so I don't have to talk to that guy. It was my knee-jerk reaction. And I'm like, Pastor Steve, you're on missions, right? You go talk to this guy. So I did So I walked over to him. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? He's like, hey, man. That was the only thing I understood. And then he said a bunch of things I did not understand what he was saying. And he was like laughing and looking at me and slapped me on the back. And I was kind of laughed too. I was like, God, that kind of hurt. <laughs> yeah. But I remember I got really, really uncomfortable. And then the guy said something that I understood crystal clear. It was weird because everything else I didn't understand was all gibberish. And then he, he says crystal clear. He says, look at me. Look at me. I'm right here. And and it was weird because I was like, oh, fumbling in my pockets. But in that moment, I looked right at him, and it was very, very unnerving. It's very, very uncomfortable. But I felt like that was the voice of Jesus. That was the Holy Spirit saying, pay attention. Don't walk away. What are the moments in your life that we are perhaps missing where we can be the Bible? I think for a lot of us in the church, it's not that the church is this really malicious organization that's like, you know what, we're just going to be really self-centered, and we're just going to pat ourselves on the back and just sing songs to make us feel good and talk about messages that will just be kind of just therapy, you know, and we're just going to ignore the needs of the world. I don't think any church does that. But I think when we go unconscious, it just happens. You miss Jesus all around you. You miss all the wonderful ways for us to connect to the divine. Friends, it is something that we need to learn as a practice. I, I, I can't say clearly enough, it's not going to happen right away. There's this idea of waiting upon And part of the reason why we wait upon God is because if God waits upon us, if the moment that we become conscious and then God is like, oh, here's all the blessings, here's all the wonderful people to love, here's all all the the wonderful things that I want to show you, then you are not God. He is God. Do you get that? If God is waiting on you, it's not you waiting on God, then you're God. What we have to learn is that we're not God. We've to learn to be uncomfortable. We have to learn to be aware and awake. So much is dependent on. Who we are as a church is dependent on. We We're friends, I just want to encourage you. Uh, hey, so can you, you guys come? I do believe that the eternal God, the God who is the great I am, who is always present. He is here in this moment. In every moment, would you open up your eyes? Would you open up your ears? Friends, I want to encourage you. Can can we um, just take a moment to close our eyes? And just in this moment, friends, it's going to be a little awkward, Actually, as a matter of fact, you don't have to close your eyes if you want. So you can just look around you. You can look at the cross. You know, you can look at the Bible. You can look at someone else around you. Somebody that's not ready for (laughs) that. But friends, just take a moment to be here. To be here. us, when you sent your Son Jesus to be with us, and that there is this promise that you will come to us in our lives, and we will encounter you in so many different ways. Lord, maybe there are ways all around us that you are missing out. When we fail to look at your creation, when we fail to look at our fellow brothers, and sisters, when we fail to notice all of things Help us to notice what is going on within the system. To not go to sleep, to wake up, to know that you are here with us now, in Jesus' name. Let's all rise.